Hello, hello. Welcome back. I think that today's topic is hopefully going to clear up some misconceptions you have because there are common questions and statements and things said or thought in general in the fitness industry that I want to be like, um, that's a hard pass. That's not correct at all. <laughs> so I'm hoping to go over a couple of those. I'm going to try to make this super short and clear to really get these myths out of the way as you are on your fitness journey or your health journey that you won't be clouded with some of these ideas or let them throw you off course because they're truly not going to help you. They just hinder you. Today's show sponsor is Hydro Jug. I love my Hydro Jug. If you watch my stories, you can see it in the background a lot. You can see me carry it a lot. It is a half of a gallon jug, and you can buy these cases that they come in so you can wear it around your shoulder, which is really nice as a mom because I'm busy and I don't have time to put a water bottle in my hand or focus on carrying it, so I just swing it around my back. It has a giant mouth opening where you can add in ice or fruit or whatever you want, and it makes it really easy for me to always have enough water. And if you're a mom, you know your kids are always sipping on your water. <laughs> Doesn't matter what I'm doing. If I'm eating a meal, if I'm having water, my kids are always like, oh, mom, mom has something. Let me take it from her. <laughs> so it's really great for that because it actually, I don't feel bad when they take sips because I know there's plenty of water for everybody. So I highly recommend one. I love mine because I've dropped it multiple times and it's never shattered. It's super great. Again, it's Hydro Jug, H-Y-D-R-O, J-U-G, and with the code, I will add the link in my show notes, with the code SIMPLE10, you can get 10% off everything on their site, and again, it's a hydro jug. I am a big advocate of water. I feel like everyone should try to drink 100 ounces a day, and that really helps me get there with ease as I'm not refilling water bottles. So let's get into today's episode on fat loss misconceptions. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. All right, so the truth is there are like hundreds of misconceptions, but I am only going to go over four today that get brought up to me all the time, and I'm just going to make them super clear and debunk them and kind of explain them. So the first one is spot training. What I mean by this is when someone comes to me and says, okay, so I just want to lose my love handles or I want to lose my bat wings, which is like the skin at the bottom of your arm or like my bra bulge. First of all, I don't like any of these words. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's be a little nicer to our bodies. We don't need to name them these irrational things. Like let's like call the body parts what they are. So like I want to work on my back or I want to work on my arms. We don't need to like name them these odd things like this, which are kind of degrading. But even with that said, you can't spot train. That is such a huge misconception and it's old school thinking. And the problem is it's clickbait. So you will see someone, they'll say bat wings or, you know, love handles. And I've even posted a post on Instagram where I said love handles to get people to click on it. And then the first thing I said is you can't spot train. <laughs> because to me, my goal is to teach you how to do things correctly. And I explained the science behind it. So 
Here's what goes on when we talk about spot training. You can't biologically control where you lose weight. For the most part, when we lift weights, we are going to gain muscle and we will lose fat all over your body. You can't do an exercise. I can't side bend my love handles away. Now, in that process, I can do oblique work. So like oblique exercises, which make the obliques strong and it can create muscle there, but I have to lose the fat with a balanced diet. So no amount of side bending is going to do that. It is the same thing with our arms. We can lift our biceps and we can work our triceps or our back muscles, you know, right around the bra. We can work our latissimus dorsi, which is the biggest kind of back muscles that cover most of the back. And we can make those strong, which is going to create shape. It sculpts them when we lift them and we train them. But if we are not eating a balanced diet on top of that, no amount of exercise, if our diet is out of whack, is going to spot train that fat away. The truth is, is that most of the time we are genetically predispositioned to lose fat in different areas, and it's going to be different for everyone. So investing in targeting in a certain area, like doing crunches or sit-ups over and over again to lose fat in the abdominals, is just not beneficial. And you're going to be more effective if you make sure you're having enough proteins, you're eating good fats and healthy carbs, and your diet is balanced, and you're exercising, and then that will help you lose fat all over. And that is going to be a little bit more effective. The second piece to this is you need to give your body some grace and stop focusing so much on these spots. We all have spots we don't like. I showed a couple weeks ago a video where I'm standing kind of to the back and I have like some extra fat, skin, dimples, whatever you want to call it, right at the underneath my cheeks where my thighs meet. I've pretty much always had that my whole life and I could let that ruin my life or I could just move on. And focusing on spots takes away so much more of what we are and the main purpose of health and fitness, which is to be strong and healthy and fuel our bodies. And I think that's a really important thing that we disconnect from when we focus heavily on spot training. And the truth is, typically, even if you are eating a healthier diet, like I talked about, we're genetically predisposed to lose fat in certain areas. Everyone's genetic makeup is different. And where we typically want to lose fat from first, we just simply don't. And that's the truth. So I will have a client write me, And she'll say, I lost this amount of weight or this many inches, but I'm discouraged because it's all coming off of my legs and my hips and it's not coming off of my abs as much. And I explained to her genetics and that it all comes off eventually when we balance our diet and when we strength train. The very next email will be another client with the opposite problem. She's upset because she's losing most of her weight first in her abdomen and she seems to feel like her thighs and hips are not budging. And again, it's the same thing. We can't control where we lose weight. The goal is to eat a healthy diet, to do strength training, to mix in the cardio, to keep that balance between where we're not yo-yo dieting, where we're not being extreme, where we're being consistent, taking steps in the right way. And eventually, if you have a massive amount to weight to lose, it will all come off. But your body is going to do it in a fashion that it wants to based on genetics, based on how you're built. And we don't have control over that and we can't spot train. That is just the truth. And I know sometimes that 
makes people upset. But I promise you, you can do crunches all day, every day. And you may not have a six pack if your diet doesn't match and if you are not strength training your whole body. So if you want to look better all over, and if you want to look better even in an area that bugs you, focus on the whole body, focus on health, focus on being consistent, focus on strength training and weights and realize like you're not just going to focus in on that tiny little area because the body is a whole. It is one giant thing and we can't just spot and point out one little thing and see a change there. So that is the number one misconception is I know it's hard to hear, but you cannot spot train. It does not work that way. You lose fat all over the body and the body will lose fat in a way that it wants to and that varies per person. But as long as you are consistent and you are generally going in the right direction with a balanced diet and a good workout routine, the fat will come off and you just need to keep going tiny step by tiny step. The next fat loss misconception is that pills, shakes, teas, ab binders, they are going to get you fat loss. I know that we would all like to go to Ursula from Little Mermaid and ask her for a fitness potion. But just like the potion with Ariel, I mean, she got legs at first. That was legit for her, but it really backfired, okay? She ended up way worse than if she had not gone to Ursula, and it did not go well. So it is the same thing with these quick fixes. Sometimes at the original, initially, we may see some changes or we may think, oh, this is going good. We have legs <laughs> instead of a fin, and then it's going to go way south. Or you're just wasting your money on frivolous things, and like, I hate wasting my money. That is like the worst thing. So that's what's happening when we're buying these pills that promise fat loss or these shakes or teas, or we're binding our abs in. Like, that one blows my mind. I'm like, that is so bad for your abdominal breathing. And none of that is actually going to work. There are no quick fixes. I know sometimes people will come to me and say, I want to lose 10 pounds in four weeks because I have a wedding. And the truth is, if I am true to myself and my own integrity, I will write them back and say, I'm actually not the right trainer for you because I would have to do something crazy extreme, which could hurt your metabolism, or you're not going to be able to maintain it, or it's just going to be insane and create a bad relationship for you with food or with workouts. And I don't want to risk that because I feel like enough people have a poor relationship with food that I refuse to contribute to that relationship. So I focus more heavily on a lifelong, long-term situation, something we can maintain where we learn that food is fuel and that quick fixes don't work. I know that if you stay up late, you will see all kinds of great <laughs> fat loss products that promise you the world, that show progress photos that seem insane. Here's the truth. I have had my own photos stolen for some of these. There is a photo floating around the internet right now, two of them, two photos that I have, one with my kids when you know, Easton was a baby, and then one last year when I'm doing a leg workout, and both of them, some random company has stolen, and they are using as a fat loss to promote fat loss, and they're saying, like, I did all of this progress with a product that I've never even heard of, and I've had followers on Instagram tell me, hey, I saw your photo on this random product on Facebook, and it happens, so when we see some of this stuff, you have to realize, and I am telling you this because I truly love you, and I mean that, quick fixes do not work. You will never 
maintain, and maintain is where we want to be. Like, yeah, we could lose 10 pounds in a month, but I don't want to gain back 15, and I wouldn't want you to gain back 15. That's not helpful. So the truth is, it takes time. You know, it takes effort. And no pill or no shake or no tea or skinny binder or anything else you see is going to get you there. What's going to get you there is a consistent diet, making sure we're focusing on getting enough protein, focusing on strength training, and mixing in cardio. And anything else is a fat loss misconception. All right, the third fat loss misconception I hear, and this isn't as much of a big deal as the other two because it's not necessarily false information, but I need you to understand the science behind this because when we don't get the science and we don't understand what the body's actually doing, people can just make stuff up and tell us that that's what's happening, and I don't want that. So oftentimes people will say, I want to turn my fat into muscle. This is literally biologically impossible because they are not even the same tissue. In your body, you have fat tissue and you have muscle tissue. They are totally different. When you lift weights and you focus on strength training, you build muscle. That gives your muscle shape. The tissue that you already have there connected to your bones, muscles all over your body, it gives them shape. When you have a solid diet and you're eating healthy and you're doing strength training, the chances of your fat tissue shrinking is higher. We all have fat tissue, all of us. We have a certain amount of fat tissue in our body. And as we maybe eat in a surplus and don't take care of ourselves, those cells enlarge. Or as we take care of ourselves and we, you know, eat a little bit better of a diet and we work out, sometimes those cells will shrink. And so they're not the same thing. People say, I'm going to melt my fat into muscle. And I'm like, oh, that's not a thing. (laughs) So I want you to understand that if you're trying to turn your fat into muscle, you actually need to change your mind and say, I actually want to build muscle and reduce fat, and I will do that by changing my body composition. Your body composition, I know I've explained it a lot, but I will never stop. It's the amount of fat you have in your body compared to muscle, and that is what makes us look more defined. Now, with that said, you don't want zero fat. People will be like, well, I want as little fat as possible. Well, yes and no, because the truth is fat is huge for helping women stabilize their hormones. That's right. If you don't have enough fat in your body, the chances of your hormones being off are more common. If you have too much fat on your body, the chances of your hormones being off are more common. So there is that healthy fine line in the middle. And plus, you know, having a little bit of fat on your body, that's what makes us have babies. That's what makes our periods that it's good for you. So don't fear having fat on your body. We all have fat in our bodies and that is good. Like you don't want zero fat. That's no bueno. So just be aware of that as well. But The way that we can change the way we look, you know, if we're trying to focus on that is we want to lift weights, we want to shape the muscle. As you know from other episodes, the more muscle we have, the faster our basal metabolic rate goes. And when our basal metabolic rate is running high and we're burning more calories, it's easier to go into a slight cut to lose weight for a short window of time, not long term. Again, you know this is a fine line because oftentimes people will try to live in the cut. They will try to live at a low-calorie diet, and that is not effective either. That also makes it impossible for us to lose fat. So you have to kind of take a step back because I know you're thinking, wait, you just told me to go into a cut, but then you also told me if I live in a cut, if I'm in a cut too long, that's bad, so what do I do? 
in your situation right now, I want you to take a step back and I want you to think, am I eating in a surplus right now? Which means am I not exercising and I'm eating more food than I need for my body, bodily functions, or am I eating in a calorie deficit? Now, Eating in a short-term calorie deficit can be effective for fat loss, but if you are consistently in that deficit, that is not good for you. In the deficit, this also can include yo-yo dieting. So that is when you undereat for a certain period of time, whether it's a certain time of the day, a couple days a week, a couple days a month, and then you overeat, so you binge. I still feel like the issue with that, with that yo-yo dieting, is the fact that your deficit is throwing you off. And so you need to kind of raise up a little bit. So think about what you are doing and which category you fall in and imagine it as a spectrum. On one end, we have a surplus. On the other end, we have too low of a deficit. And there's a happy in between before in the middle. And then also we should kind of balance between maintenance and taking care of our body and making sure we have a strong metabolism. And if you have an excess of fat to lose, you can go into short-term cuts. I suggest anywhere from four to 16 weeks max or when you plateau or mentally plateau, that's kind of important as well. But you can't live in a cut for like four plus months. That's not going to be effective. And both of those backfire for fat loss. So you're going to want to come to the middle ground to be more effective. And a third thought to this body composition, which I kind of mentioned, is fat loss alone isn't going to make you look fit. So remember, your body composition is made up of the fat in your body and the muscle in your body. So if you're always only focusing on losing fat, losing fat, losing fat, then you won't have any definition and you don't necessarily look fit. You just will be kind of like skinny with not a lot of definition, which is not a look that people necessarily love. And it doesn't always mean that someone's healthy. I know plenty of people who are very lean and who are very petite and skinny, and they're still not the healthiest people because they don't care for their body properly. So I feel like fat loss alone and overly focusing on that is actually not going to necessarily get you to the fitness goals you want because it's better to have a well-rounded plan where you're also adding muscle with strength trainings. All right, my last fat loss misconception for today is a really common one I see all the time, and it is if you eat fat, it will make you fat. Or if you eat carbs, it will make you fat. Or if you eat, insert any food that you can imagine, it will make you fat. That is not true. Food does not make you fat. Not balancing your food intake is what makes you gain weight. They are not the same thing. We do not need to fear food in general because that creates a very poor relationship with food. This is also what makes people obsessed with avoiding certain food, which makes them overdo it later. I am a firm believer of 80-20. There is no food that is 100% off limit to me. When I have done stuff like that in the past, in my early 20s, I would lose my crap afterwards on that exact food that I tried to limit. It's also why I got into macros in the first place because it taught me that there was freedom with macros in what foods were filling my macros. So there's a couple things you can think about. For one, 
If you think you are overdoing fats or carbs, it's always a good idea to be aware of your protein and increase your protein. Studies have shown that when you increase your protein, it actually boosts your metabolism due to your appetite and your cravings reducing, and it takes more work for your body to break down your protein because of the thermogenic rate. So it is really optimal for helping you lose weight. It can also help you balance and regulate your hormones. All macros have a purpose. They're all great for you. But being aware of balancing them out and not overdoing one or the other is great. But honing in on one food and fearing it is pointless. I often see food journals from clients where they are eating zero fat. And I'm like, okay, that's not good for you. Or they, the next person will be eating zero carbs. And I'm like, hey, that's not good for you either. They have purpose and they're good for your body. And we don't need to fear food. We just need to balance it out a little bit better. And there's no need to just banish something all the way from your diet. I think being aware if you're sensitive to a certain food, cutting it out, that's totally different because that's a sensitivity. Something's not sitting right. But I think you should be able to have a little bit of freedom in your foods. And obviously, whole foods are going to make you feel better and they are going to keep you fuller longer. I'll add another study in the show notes where it shows that fruit, even though that's a simple sugar, has been proven to keep you fuller longer than refined you know, foods, which are simple sugars as well, things such as candy. And so even though technically they're similar, the whole food has been shown to keep you fuller longer. So we just want to have a variety of things. It's going to be really effective for you to watch that protein intake because it is good for you. Fat is really effective because it keeps you fuller longer. For a lot of my clients who have a decent amount of weight to lose, I don't want them to be hungry. I never want someone to be hungry when they're working with me. So I will increase their fat intake and decrease the carbs a little bit. And that will help keep them full because fat has, it's a little bit more dense and the caloric breakdown is a little bit different. So they're able to stay full while still not having abundance on calories. So that can be really effective. And also with carbs, they do help fuel muscle. So they're not the enemy either. They are like the staff of life. They're a great source of energy. It's more about balancing them. So if you're working with a trainer or a coach or reading a magazine and they are demonizing fat or demonizing protein or demonizing carbs or demonizing anything, be careful because the things that are said stick in our minds and they can harm us down the road because we learn to fear things. I don't want you to fear things. I want you to understand food and I want you to understand how food works for you and not against you. And obviously we can overdo things, but keeping things in a moderate level is so much better. And when we just fully cut things out and we fully fear things and we think, oh my gosh, I had fast food today. I need to run 30 miles. That's not mentally helpful. And it's actually hurtful for your self-confidence and for your ability to like have a good relationship with food. And I promise you that if you don't have a good relationship with food, it will be a struggle the rest of your life. And you can actually have more success if you do have a good relationship with food. And for a lot of people, that takes a lot of time and it takes um, breaking down thoughts in our mind of labeling food as this food makes you fat. And you can insert any food you want there. Like you can't, you can't even tell me cake makes you fat. I'll be like, no, it doesn't. Not if you eat the correct portions and you still eat plenty of whole foods and proteins, fats, and carbs. I don't even believe that. I believe in moderation. So I want you to realize that. And that there is no black and white. There is no like, this is 100% going to make you gain weight. That's not how the body works. The last thing I kind of want to point out, and it's not a fat loss misconception, but 
I think is important for you to understand is that just because someone is thin and they don't have a lot of fat on them does not make them healthy. I know plenty of trainers, influencers, people around me who are lean, who people might look to and think, oh, they're so healthy. And I know they're not healthy at all. I know they have a bad relationship with food. I know that they overlimit things. I know that they beat themselves up. I know that they go through, you know, under eating and overeating cycles. I've heard of influencers firsthand from friends who know them with some other issues like this. And so this is an incorrect statement. On the flip side, just because someone isn't super lean, maybe they're a little bit more hardy, doesn't make them unhealthy. Some of the most healthy, strong, fantastic, beautiful, amazing people I know are not really thin. They're just normal or even some of them are overweight and they're super healthy. They eat healthy. They exercise. They care about their kids. They, you know, eat a balanced diet and they're still really healthy. And so I don't like that label of just because someone's size is different, they're healthy or not healthy. I think we really need to be better about recognizing that health isn't linked to a number on the scale. And so as we talk about these fat loss misconceptions, I want you to understand that health is not linked to a number on the scale. I need you to put that on your mirror at home. It is going to make it easier for you to be level in the middle, to balance things out, to try to focus on whole foods and to give yourself some moderation and to try to exercise regularly because you love yourself, not because you're trying to punish yourself, but because you're always trying to look massively different. And if you look at fitness that way, things will fall into place. You will feel great. You will feel better. You may look better and you will just have a good internal confidence. So I just wanted to kind of finish up this fat loss misconceptions with that thought that there is more to fitness than a number on a scale. If this episode was helpful for you, I would really appreciate if you would share it on your social media. I always look for those. I appreciate it. It helps the podcast grow. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to my podcast. Just go up to the top and hit subscribe and you will get automatic downloads every single week. And as always, I really appreciate the reviews and you are doing better than you think you are. We'll chat next week.